Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. Thank you so much for sending in your stories. I have read all of them, but now I am in the process of trying to see where they would fit in different episode series. It's also grading season for teachers again, so my podcast episodes may have some slight delays. However, I will still release them on a weekly basis. Thank you for being understanding. I want to mention that I will be dedicating February to our loved ones who have passed away. Sometimes our loved ones are not yet ready to go and still want to make sure that the family they left behind is doing okay. If you have a story that you would like to share about a loved one, please send it my way. The episodes for February are meant to be more lighthearted and peaceful. Please enjoy the last few stories for January. Story 1. St. Paul, Minnesota My wife just reminded me of the story that I can share. A couple of years ago, my cousin and his wife moved into a rental home in St. Paul with their two children. The home was nothing unique. It was just your typical three-bedroom house, the rent was cheap, and the location was good for my cousin's work. The first few days were quiet. Then they began to see shadows. Then it got worse. They began to hear voices. Sometimes the voices would sound like children giggling. At the time, they had a daughter who was still a toddler. She had just learned how to speak simple words and run around. My cousin's wife was working on something. Suddenly, the little girl ran to her crying. She turned and pointed to an empty corner, bawling. Her daughter cried, Mau Mau. This definitely creeped my cousin's wife out. Later that day, she told my cousin who just laughed it off. Mau Mau is the kid version of the word that the Hmong used to call me Mau, which means monster. Soon after that incident, they noticed that the garage door would always be open when they got home. It didn't matter if they drove to Wisconsin to visit family for the weekend, or if they just ran down to the local grocery store for an hour. When they got back, the garage door was open. My cousin called the landlord about it since he was concerned the garage door opener was on the same frequency as a neighbor's. The landlord did something to reset the openers, but they still had the same issue. My cousin began manually locking the garage door with a slide lever mechanism. It worked for a few days, but the same thing happened. The stupid garage door would be open again. The final straw came on another workday. My cousin was at work. His wife was with the kids. After a busy morning, she was finally able to get the kids to take a nap. She decided to take a nap herself. After closing her eyes for just a few minutes, she heard the kids crying. She gave a big sigh and opened her eyes, ready to go check up on them. Then the kids ran down the hall and into her room. They were hysterical about something. 
She couldn't make out what they were saying, so she just tried to calm them down. Eventually, they settled down enough to sleep on her bed. At some point, she fell asleep too. The creepiest part came about an hour or two later. My cousin's wife was stirred awake by voices. She couldn't make out what they were saying, but they were laughing. She said it sounded like a father was playing with her daughter. She said she could hear a ball bouncing in the hallway. She felt the area to her side, and sure enough, both of her kids were next to her. She glanced at the clock to see what time it was. It's not that time yet. My cousin was still going to be at work. She closed her eyes again, pretending to be asleep. Although by this time she was petrified with fear, suddenly she heard the bedroom door creak wide open, as the sound of a ball bounced into the bedroom. She said she felt the weight of a ball land at the foot of the bed. Suddenly, the full weight of a small child jumped onto the bed. The ghost child landed squarely on my cousin's wife's legs. She yelped loudly in pain and fear. The ghost child must have been scared too, because my cousin's wife heard little footsteps quickly run out of the bedroom. When my cousin got home, his wife was bawling. She was terrified of what was in the house. And she was pissed at him for not taking it seriously. Within a few days, they moved out. This story made me think of the movie Others. In that movie, the ghosts didn't know that they were ghosts, and in fact, the ghosts couldn't even see the living people who were still living in their house. I wonder if it was like that for that ghost child and her ghostly father. Story two: Bedroom Window Ghost. I had a Hmong friend share this story with me. He shared that his aunt and uncle rented a new house. It was one of those older homes that was built in the 1960s. It was a two-story home that looked big on the outside, but when you actually go in, it actually wasn't that spacious. The house was a three-bedroom house with all three bedrooms located upstairs. The parents slept in one room, and the grandma and two little girls slept in another room. The three elder boys slept in the last bedroom that faced the backyard. This bedroom had an overhanging roof just underneath the bedroom window that covered the back porch. The house seemed fine when the family moved in. After a few weeks, the boys began complaining about noises coming from the window. At first, it was just tapping. Then it sounded like someone was trying to open the window. The boys were too afraid to open the window shades and look. When the tapping noises started to happen, the routine was to jump into one bed together and wait for the noise to stop. It never lasted more than several seconds. One night, the banging was louder than the usual. The boys bolted from the room to tell their parents. The dad just yelled at them and told them to go back to bed. The mom said it was probably just a raccoon or something. After that incident, their window was quiet for a while. Then one night, it happened again. 
This time, though, the window shook like it was going to lift right up and break the old window lock. The boys ran out of the room again, screaming. The parents once again got mad at the boys and made them go back to the room to sleep. One night, the dad decided he would sleep in the boys' room and show them the noises were nothing. The first two nights the dad slept in the room, nothing. Finally, one night the dad heard tapping. Then the noises got louder. It sounded as if someone was working the window to try and open it. The window began to shake and rattle like someone was jiggling it from the outside. The dad held his breath as his boys began crying from fear. Suddenly, the dad sprang up and pulled the string to the window. Nothing. The noises stopped. It was a cool, clear night, and no one was outside the window. A few days later, the grandma started talking to the old Hmong lady who lived across the street, who lived with her own family. The old lady asked the grandma if anything had happened in that house. The grandma told her about the strange bedroom window noises. The old lady just shook her head, and then she explained to the grandma. Another Hmong family used to live in that house a couple of years ago. The two sons had some really bad friends. The sons weren't bad kids, but they hung out with wannabe gangster kids. They used to have a couple of them over every so often. The kids also lived in the neighborhood just down the street. One weekend, the family went out of town for a family thing. The wannabe gangster kids knew this and decided to come over to rob the house. Because they had been inside the house several times, they knew what they wanted to take. They also knew that the doors were double bolted, so they planned to climb up to the back bedroom window and break in that window. Two of them climbed up to work on the windows, while the other one kept watch. Unfortunately, though, it was cold and the roof was slick with frost. The boy who was trying to break open the window slipped and fell 12 feet onto his head and snapped his neck. His friends climbed down and went to call the cops, but by the time an ambulance got there, his friend was already dead. After the grandma told the dad this story, he began looking for a new home to rent and they moved out of there two weeks later. Story 3 Fresno, California on Olive and Marks First Occurrence There was a time when I was still little and we lived in an apartment in Fresno near the cemetery of Belmont. My mom always had nightmares of a lady. This lady never came in a nice way in her dreams. She always came bloody and demanded that we leave the apartment. One night, when my dad went out and there was only me, my mom, and my two sisters, something menacing happened. That night, my sisters and I were watching television. For some reason, the only light available that time was in the hallway. Our TV was against a wall right next to the hallway. The room was barely lit due to the dim hallway lights. 
As my sister and I was nonchalantly watching TV, there was a dark black figure of a woman that slowly walked down the hallway and turned off the lights. After she turned off the lights, she went back into one of our bedrooms. In a matter of seconds, my sister and I flew to my parents' bed and found my mom sleeping in bed. We woke her up and yelled, Mom, did you turn off the lights? She smiled at us creepily and told us that she didn't. Although my mom had that smile on, we knew that she was just as creeped out as we were. She had been sleeping this whole time. I was sure, because she had bed hair. The dark black figure that we had seen earlier was of a taller woman. That thing had a body figure that was definitely very different from my mom's. That night, we followed my mom wherever she went. She got annoyed of us and said that there was nothing to be afraid of, that there's nothing. In my head, I knew that it wasn't just nothing. Second Occurrence As frightened as you are as a kid to live in a haunted place where you've seen things, if your parents don't move, you're kind of stuck there. You'd think if you count your luck that you wouldn't see anything anymore in a haunted place. But it's not about luck at all. The ghost of this lady was so frightening to the point where my mom couldn't take it anymore. So my mom called a shaman to Dieda from our apartment. The shaman was none other than my uncle. As you can assume in our Hmong culture, when there is a strong presence of evil, it is hard to get any shaman to come chase that ghost out. Despite this, my uncle used a wooden carved sword with a little, I believe, chicken blood. He was guided by another uncle going through bedroom to bedroom with a red cloak mask on and traveled all around the apartment with the wooden sword. It was summer and a very bright sunny day. Our apartment was small, so some cousins were in the room with me. I recall that it was right in the afternoon after my uncle just came through our room as I was laying my baby sister down and fanning us. I looked out at the curtains of my parents' room. You couldn't see past those white thick curtains, but just right after my uncle came through to Dienda, there was a woman's shadow that passed by my parents' window. She went by slowly. The thing you don't know is that my parents' room was right next to our neighbor's. There was a wooden fence that separated us and our neighbors, and past this fence was our L-shaped garden. In front of my parents' window was the small L-shaped garden with wooden fence all around. What did not make sense was that in order for someone to get to that side of the garden, they had to come from the right side, which was the only way in. That shadow did not hop or jump over. It just came right through. As I saw this, I yelled at my cousin, Rena, come check the curtains. Is there anyone there? She checked. No one. So now we're all lost as to why we saw this shadow walking by on the other side as if it came through the gates. What's even crazier is the fact that this happened during the daytime. After all of this, as the oldest sibling, age nine, I was still home alone at certain times, by myself. I watched the apartment because my parents had jewelries and money that they left at home. 
My parents didn't leave this place until the manager kicked us out. Since then, we never visited or stepped foot into that apartment ever again. I was happy that we finally left. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I'm your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark podcast is available on Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, and Facebook. If you have any stories that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. <laughs>